0: Great. The only podium you guys had was my actual height, just like, <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to not jump behind here because you legitimately can't see me when I'm back here, but I'll try, I'll try to not. I spill a, I spill a lot of things. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to test it tonight. Oh, how are you guys doing? This is awesome. This is so fun. Allison, I'm at your church. Me and Allison used to always talk about... Are we back? Okay, fancy mic. So Allison and I used to always talk about one day when we would do ministry together. We did the Bethel School of Ministry first and second year together back in 2010. Till you left in... 2012. We did first and second year together. So, this is fun. This is like the first time we're actually doing an event together. So, it's really cool. I'm excited. Okay. So, before I was about to start, my sister Carla asked me if I was going to be funny. And I was like, dang it. I don't really, I didn't bring any funny stories. So, I'm going to throw one in at the top and then <laughs> we'll just kind of go from there. <laughs> so, a little bit of what I'm speaking about is gonna be on sacrifice, so we'll get to that point in, a, in just a couple minutes. But when I was little, mom and dad, you may or may not remember this, I was convinced that the trash man ate our trash. <laughs> legitimately i thought this <clears throat> and so i would i took it upon myself to sacrifice my own food and i would just throw full sandwiches away in the trash can i would pull out cookies from the cabinet and i would just throw them away cuz i was like i'm i'm feeding him i'm feeding our trash man and i remember one time i thought this for a long like a long time you guys it wasn't like a day i thought this it was like potentially years and so, sorry for all that food I threw away, Mom. But um, <laughs> It's great. <laughs> I remember one day we were driving home and my, I, I made some really terrible comment about, uh, my mom was trying to teach me about not to waste food or something. And I was like, it's fine, Mom. The trash man eats our trash. And she was like, no, he doesn't. no, he super doesn't. He definitely doesn't eat our trash. He has his own family and his own money and his own food. You, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I think it's I think it's cute because I was four and I thought that the trash man ate our trash. But I also think it's great because it communicates a level of sacrifice that's innately within us, even from even from the time when you're a child that you're you're pre inclined to to sacrifice and to give of yourself. Right. Right. And so I'm going to jump around a bit in scripture tonight. So the first the first scripture I'm going to be talking about is 2nd Samuel 24. And so if you if you know the story, so David's in the end years of his life. <clears throat> so he's done a ton of crazy crazy stuff. Some some of it's really great and then some of it's not so good. So he did the not so good part. And then he was finally restored to his throne after years and years. And so once he, once he gets restored to his throne, he's finding that his kingdom is not the same at all. And so he's realizing, he's getting convicted of, of his sin and what he's done. And so he goes to the Lord asking for forgiveness. So the Lord gives him a couple of options as to, as to what's going to clear his slate. And so David picks the option that's going to bring a plague for three days right? Doesn't sound that bad. It wipes out a bunch of people, so many people, thousands and thousands of people. And so David is just bearing, just bearing it all as he watches the Lord destroy so, so much that he's built. And so finally, this angel of destruction gets to Jerusalem and the Lord says, wait a second, let's not do that one. David in his mind doesn't, doesn't know what the Lord is doing and then goes out to meet this angel of destruction in Jerusalem he says, he begs and begs and begs and says, I've done all this wrong stuff, but, but why are you going to punish these sheep? And, and, and God's like, nah, I've already, I've already taken care of it. I've already done it. And so he ends, he ends this plague, and, and God asks him in that moment, will you build me an altar right here? So it turns out they're on, they're on a threshing floor, and it's this, it's this big flat surface where they would do stuff with, with grain. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And so he goes he goes to the owner of of this threshing floor and he asks him if, if he can buy it from him. And the owner is like, Oh, you're King David. <laughs> you can just have it. And so so the owner is like, No, 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 just just take it. And David is almost offended. Offended at the thought, at the thought of it, and what it says in Second Samuel twenty four twenty four, he says, "No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price, for I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God which cost me nothing." Come on. Come on. Yes. Repeat after me: "That which cost me nothing." That which cost me nothing. Come on, yes. Wow, it's great. I'm just, I'm just so amazed at, at David's just conviction of the value of God. Yes. Yeah. That in a moment, he's presented with these two options. He's presented with convenience right. and he's presented with inconvenience. Right. It's really easy to choose the convenient one because it actually looks like a blessing. Right. Right. Wow. But he goes for the inconvenient one because he knows the value of God. Yeah. Right. So he's, he's dissatisfied. He's dissatisfied with the thought of giving God something that he didn't pay for. But if there wasn't a price involved, then, then it wasn't actually a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just something of convenience that God got to step into. Oh, yeah, so wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. On, Sorry, I'm, beh- I'm, I'm behind this now. <laughs> I, just, oh, I just think there's something so special about a devotion that, that's birthed out of inconvenience something so special about a sacrifice that actually costs you something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's not just you coming to church and waking up an hour earlier than you normally would right. <laughs> because it's Sunday right. and you have to get here at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. But you show up and you wake up an hour early and you put your hands out in front of you and say, God, have my life. Yeah. Yeah. You could take it. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how inconvenient that is. Mm. It's a little bit inconvenient. Right. But if you if you compare if you compare that inconvenience to your value of God, yeah. how devoted are you? Yeah. Anyways, you guys good? Yeah. Great. We we aren't gonna preach very long. Just FYI. Great. Long thanks good. thanks Allison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so if we jump ahead, the next the next scripture I'm gonna be preaching out of is Mark 14, verse 3, and then we're gonna read on a bit. So I'll set I'll set the scene for you. So this is this is the story of Jesus being anointed for his burial. Sean touched on it just a, a little bit during worship, which I, I was like, thank you, God, <laughs> for just a bit of confirmation that we're going on in the right direction. So so Jesus is, he's in Bethany, passing through town, and he stops at Simon the leper's house, which he's, Simon used to be the leper because he've, he still had leprosy, then nobody would be in his house. So at some point along the way, Simon's been healed of leprosy and has been restored to community and family wow. and <clears throat> is having people come into his house, which would have been absolutely absurd if he still was suffering from this disease and even, I'm sure, just Years or months before this event had happened, he couldn't even fathom the thought of this. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Another person that is invited to this dinner is Lazarus, who <laughs> was also recently raised from the dead. <coughs> so he probably couldn't fathom being at this table either. <laughs> I don't know. So so you have these characters here that, that should have something to give they should have a gift to bring Jesus. They should, they should have something of value to offer him. And they do. I mean, they, value, they have company. They've brought, Simon's brought him into his house. They're having a dinner. It's beautiful. But then you also, have, you also have Mary there. Who has recently been seen just at the feet of Jesus. Refusing to leave. Refusing to get up and, and serve. And do what she's supposed to be doing. That there's a level actually of inconvenience in that tension of knowing that you should be doing something for Jesus and actually being with Jesus. And sometimes sometimes there's a there's a tension and 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 an enemy almost that comes in when when you're serving Jesus to not actually be devoted to him. But sometimes the biggest enemy of devotion to Jesus can be your service of Jesus you can do all the right stuff and you can show up the altar the right things, but if your heart of devotion isn't in place, if you don't position yourself at his feet, That's right. That's that you aren't, you aren't bringing a sacrifice before him. And you have something more to bring. Yeah. So, so we see Mary there, right? She hasn't, I mean, she's gone through some stuff, but she, she hasn't been healed from leprosy. She hasn't been raised from the dead, but, but she has something to bring. And so if we pick up in the story, it says, while he was in Bethany as a guest at the home of Simon the leper and reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster vial, of very costly and precious perfume of pure nard. And she broke the vial and poured the perfume over his head. But there were some who were indignantly remarking to one another, why has this perfume been wasted? For the perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii, a laborer's wages for almost a year. And the money given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, "'Let her alone. "'Why are you bothering her and causing trouble? "'She has done a good and beautiful thing to me, "'for you always have the poor with you, "'and whenever you wish, you can do something good to them. "'But you will not always have me.'" And she has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. I assure you and most solemnly say say to you, wherever the good news is proclaimed throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Repeat after me, that which cost me nothing. So we're going to rewind just a little bit. So we we resume the scene at the table. So they're all reclining at the table. It's not, the visual is a little bit inaccurate. So you think, when you think reclining, you just think leaning back in a chair. You think, you know, the the meal is over. They're just hanging out. But that actually reclining at the table, they used to legitimately lay down. They would lay down. They had these, they would have the table in the center and then they would have these like bed things just all around. I looked up a lot of pictures of this. This is very weird. So, drawings, not actual photos because it's the Bible. And so so they're all they're all laying down, right? Like that's a that's a pretty they're settled in for a bit. Like, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody's about to leave. They aren't having a hurried meal. Like, they're all laying down. <laughs> just, they're going to be there for a long time. So I just imagine Mary, wherever she is, if she's sitting at the table, if she's in the kitchen, just kind of going through her head. Like, it's about to get really weird in just a minute. It's going to get pretty uncomfortable when I bring out this bottle of perfume and I just change the vibe of this whole thing. Like ooh, there's no real way of recovering from an event like that. It's not, it's not an accidental, like, oh, I accidentally just poured this on you. I accidentally just tripped, and, and this thing happened, and I'm so sorry, but, like, also bless you as you be crucified and buried. Like, there, it's, not, it's not a passive action. It's a very, very intentional action, and I think of her, I think of Mary just hours before this at her, at her house or somewhere in the house, and she's, she's contemplating this. And she's looking at all her valuables, and she's thinking, is that worthy? Wow. No? What about that? Uh, no. And then she comes across this thing that's the most valuable thing in her whole life. Wow. She's like, yeah, that'll do it. It's worth 300 denarii. That's a year's wages for a worker back then. I looked up today, the average household income in America right now, it's $51,000. Think about a $50,000 bottle of perfume. Ooh, that's so much money. In perfume, It's imported from some crazy place in India. So it was this precious, precious thing, not only in sentimental value, but in monetary value, that it was so, so precious. And she looked at all her valuables, and she looked at all her belongings and said, that's, that's what I want. That's a, that's a gift worthy for a king. That she was aware of a reality that nobody else had perceived yet. That she knew that something was coming that required a gift, and she only had a short window of time to give it. So she brings it with her. So she brings it with her to this event, and, and she's there at the table or wherever, and just like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. She gets up. That's not, that's not an accidental action. So she, she goes over, kneels down perhaps on top, pours out the whole thing. It's like that weird thing in Sunday school where they're like put out all the toothpaste trying to tell you to not say bad stuff because you can't pull it back. It's that, it's that same idea. She pours it all out. She's like, $50,000. Just gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can count to three. <laughs> Longer than it's going to take for you to pour out a bottle of perfume. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. She was so devoted to a God that she, she looked at her most valuable thing and said, I'll be... I'll be more than inconvenienced to give that to you. I'm happy to do it. You're the only thing worth my sacrifice. It's wild. The thing I love the most, Yeah, a couple things I love a lot. One thing I love. So Jesus rushes to her rescue because everybody's flipping out on her. So they're all like, what are you doing? This is such a waste for somebody of your status giving away something like this. And some of them are pretty frustrated because they're like, you should have sold that and given the money to the poor. Because they also love to just take that money out of the collection pot and keep it for themselves. So it's a little ulterior motives in the mix. But they're all just absolutely, I mean, it's the most scandalous thing. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And so they're, they're confused. They're mad. It's, they're having a nice dinner, and then she just does this thing. And they're like, great, night's ruined. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus immediately stops them. And he's like, no, no, no. This is good and beautiful. Yeah. And then goes on to say that wherever the gospel is preached, that the story is also told, that she has created a lifestyle of devotion that is so great. The magnitude of her sacrifice was so sweet to him that he says, I'll make it synonymous with the gospel. Wow. Wow. They're one and the same now. Wow. Right, right, right. Wow. She spared no expense so good. to communicate her love and affection and devotion to Jesus Christ that she was so caught up in her intimacy and her love for him that it was the most sensible choice to make. The thing I love (laughs) about fragrance and kind of get frustrated about it too is that it has a tendency to just linger forever. (laughs) She's got to be there. And... If you, I mean, if you were to spill perfume anywhere, it's going to smell like perfume for a while. The other day, I was in New York, which is just the best. It's my favorite. And I was in an Uber. And I hate, I hate smelling bad. So I always have like a travel size perfume with me, just to think about myself. And so in my backpack, I had like a little travel size uh, Gucci Guilty. (laughs) Short. Yeah. It's very cute. And... I'm in, I'm in this Uber and I'm like, oh, I smell kind of bad. I'm going to put it on. And the top comes off and I spill it all in this Uber driver's car. Oh, no. His name was Raymond. <laughs> and I was like, Raymond, I didn't say anything. You guys, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> we were almost at our destination and I was like, uh, and I just got out of the car. <laughs> but I know it's not good but but Raymond's car is gonna smell like me for the next really long time. Like the fragrance of me, I am long gone. I do not live in New York, I do not know Raymond, but my car is gonna smell like, or his car is gonna smell like me for a very long time. Raymond will probably remember me for a bit. That fragrance is just gonna hang out. The other, thing, the other thing about fragrance <clears throat> is it's the scent that's most connected to your memory. So if you, I mean, you have things that are, that are yeah. memory, memory triggers. If you smell cookies or cinnamon or something like that, it's going to remind you of Christmas. Or, you know, pumpkin spice lattes will remind you of Starbucks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's a, it's a thing that's, that just is immediately will bring you back into a moment. It'll immediately bring you back into a memory. When you smell something, you're like, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then it'll take you a second to register what it was. Or if it's something really familiar, then you remember it right away. And you're brought back in immediately to the sights and sounds and smells of an event. It's crazy. And so, so Mary has broken this, this just crazy fragrance over Jesus. <clears throat> He's not going to get crucified for like a week. So he's just gonna sm- smell like this for a while. I mean, it's $50,000 worth of perfume. It's not, that fragrance isn't going anywhere. <laughs> There's not enough showers he could take or body scrubs he could use that's gonna get that off. So I'm just picturing it in my mind that he goes to the Last Supper and he smells like sacrifice. That he goes, he goes to Gethsemane to pray, and he's there, and he's sweating blood, and he's sweating sacrifice. But he's carrying the cross up to Calvary, and he smells like sacrifice. But yes. yes. so he raises from the dead, and he walks out, and he meets the women, and maybe they smelled them before they saw him. Because he was covered in sacrifice. Yes. That there's an element of your devotion to the Lord that's actually a fragrance that's so sweet and so strong that it covers Jesus completely. And he says that this is good and beautiful and I'll take it with me wherever I go. That there's nothing small about being inconvenienced for Jesus. There's nothing small about your devotion to him. That even when you wanna, when you wanna just, just play it, play it cool, just be chill. That if you take the extra step and say, God, I'm gonna be inconvenienced for you a little bit more today, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. that it actually makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That your devotion causes a sense of of love and affection and attention from heaven. Wow. That your, that your ability to to sacrifice and give Jesus the very best thing you have to offer. Yeah, yeah. That's all you ever asked for. Uh-huh. Wow. That when you look around your life and and you think, <clears throat> no, that's not good enough for him. That's not good enough for him. That's not good enough for him. And then you find what's perfect he's like Jesus you can have it this is my most expensive valuable precious thing but you're worth it you're worth it so I feel like I feel like tonight there's just an invitation for a new devotion to him that you've, you've come from all over or come from all over Nashville to, to be here on a Saturday night. That's a little bit inconvenient. Right. But what if you let yourself be inconvenienced a little bit more? Right. If you said, Jesus, do you can have it all? Yes. Come on. If you can just have the whole thing. The thing that I'm holding on to tightest, all that $50,000 bottle of perfume, right. you can have it all. So I would never give you something that costs me nothing. That's right. yeah. I would never give you something that costs you nothing. There's nothing too grand to be spent on him. Yeah, yeah. There isn't anything that you give in the realm of devotion that could ever be counted as waste. Yeah. Wow. That Jesus will only look at it with value and affection and take it and multiply it throughout the earth. Yeah. Nice. So good. Brian and Paula, if you guys want to go up. That's great. I think the thing I'm I'm moved by the most is obviously the sacrifice of God with his son. But it says in Romans, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? That the, before you could even think of, of offering him a sacrifice, is that I beat you to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I beat you to it. I, I already sacrificed everything so that you could have it all. Wow. I'll, take, I'll take what you're offering me because I love that scent. Yeah. Oh, I love that fragrance. Wow. But I chose you first. Yeah, yeah. My devotion is to you first. That yeah. he looked at his bride and, he, and then he looked around heaven and he said, no. No, that won't do. Wow. Mm, not that either. And he looked at Jesus and he said, wow. that which cost me nothing. Yeah. Yes. And he sent his son. Yes. So tonight, if you guys just want to stand. then team, if you guys want to come up here, that's great. We're going to go into a little bit of ministry time. I want to pray for you. And then we still have about 30 minutes left of of the evening, but we're actually going to take time to intentionally pursue the Lord. And that might look like you coming up for prayer, which is great. I have an all-star cast of students up here that are ready and able to pray for you. They want to prophesy over you. If you have any pain in your body, they want to pray for that and see you get healed. If you don't know Jesus, they want to talk to you. They want to bring you into that devotion with him because he looked at you and said, I'll take my most valuable thing. It's worth it. So right now, I just want you to hold out your hands. Yeah. Say, Jesus I'll be inconvenienced for you. I'll look like a fool for you. I'll give myself to you. I devote my heart to you again. Would you come and bring your fire on my sacrifice? For these, for these amazing children. God, I thank you for their pursuit of you. God, I thank you for the fragrance and the devotion that they've cultivated in their hearts and in their lives. God, and I just pray right now that you would breathe on them with a fresh fire, that they would walk away feeling brand new. Yeah, I just pray for a new hope to come into the room. Hope for what's to come. Yeah. Yes, come Jesus, we just devote ourselves to you. God, we say that you are worthy of our sacrifice. That we want to give you something that costs us something. God that that it would be so far outside of our realm of thinking to give you something we didn't pay a price for. God that that we didn't we don't have a value for Jesus.